Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcat Pre-Game Show with your host, Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcat Pre-Game Show. Roger Engel along with Coach Chris Elmore. And Coach, this past Friday, we took on the Oxford Yellow Jackets, one of the best teams probably in the state. And we hung in there with them right to the end before falling 49 to 14. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, I think uh, they're, they're ranked number one and uh, have got uh, one loss to the number one team in 7A. Um, uh, and I think they lived up to the, to the hype. They're pretty good. I, you know, somebody may beat them this year, but uh, whoever beats them is going to have to be really good themselves. They're, they're, they're uh, uh, kind of what we expected, uh, very solid at every position, and they've got the X factor, and they've got a quarterback that uh, can run and throw and just seems to, when they, when they need a play, he makes a play. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something well-designed by them. Uh, he, he just a lot of times will, will make things happen uh, with his feet. And uh, uh, we had many, many opportunities, I think, to, to get him down in some, in some key spots. But, um, you know, I, I don't fault our kids at all. He's just, he's just a difficult player to tackle. And, uh, and he's, uh, you know, uh, as good as he is for a reason. And so uh, we had trouble at difficult, different times uh, getting him on the ground. But uh, I thought, like you said, I thought our kids played uh, as hard as we could play. I, we, we, we talked all week about two things. We said, we said let's don't be intimidated. And let's let's attack them every play. And <clears throat> I think for the most part we did that. I'm sure there was a couple of lulls, but I didn't think we were intimidated at all. I thought we we, we rose to the challenge. Um, but when you play somebody as good as them, uh, you've got to play basically perfect football, and you've got to get a little bit of help from them too. And, and we didn't get hardly any help from them other than the one turnover. Um, and, and like I said, we missed just a few opportunities on offense that uh, you know didn't allow us to, to keep the game closer. Uh, you know, into the fourth quarter. You mentioned the quarterback Higgins. He accounted for five touchdowns. He ran for three and threw for a couple. And we talked in the press box about, I don't think we'd seen a quarterback this year that really commanded and ran the team as well as he did his team. Yeah, he was, uh, he's impressive. And I told, uh, you know, I told their coach before the game, who, who he reminds me of is, and I was fortunate enough to coach this guy, he reminds me of Jameis Winston in that, that he's, he's so big and so strong and he, and he can throw it and run it so well that a lot of times it just looks too easy to him. I mean, it looks like he's just kind of sidestepping guys, and it's almost like a, it's almost like a, uh, a high school player playing with, with junior high players at times. And that's not – I'm not being critical of our players. He's just that, he's that good, and he's so smooth at what he does. And, uh, and then, you, then you add the fact that he's got great players all around him too. He's got a big offensive line, and he's got uh, – uh, of course, Rock uh, Taylor out there was, was is a great receiver, and then he had the uh, the Britt kid, who's another great receiver. So, and then had two or three more that are pretty good themselves. So, um, they had the complete package on offense, and, and for us to hold them to 14 points in the first half um, and be right there in the ball game, I was proud of our defense. And and you know what we said all week was the key to stopping them is to not let them have the ball, and we just didn't do a good enough job in the second half offensively. Uh, besides the first drive uh, of keeping the ball away from them. And, and uh, you know, once we scored there in the, in the third quarter to make it 21-14, uh, I thought we, we, were, we were one break or one turnover away from possibly making this a really in, uh, close game, and it just didn't happen. They came back and scored, and, and unfortunately the next drive we kind of went three and out. And, and like I said, that's, 
that's the key on them. If you if you keep them off the field, you got a chance. But if you give them the ball right back, then they're right back on the field, and it's difficult to stop them. And uh, and then the game just kind of got away from us there in the fourth quarter. And, and you know, really, the blocked field goal is so uncharacteristic of, of us and what we do. But sometimes things happen, and that happened, and then uh, and then they got one more score there late. But uh, you know, like I said, we're, we're at the end of the third quarter, it was 28-14, and and uh, and we had a chance to convert a third and four. Um, they would have probably moved the ball close to midfield. We just didn't make the conversion. And, and to me, that's where the game kind of swung from a highly competitive game to a game where they kind of took control and, and were able to finish it off on us. Seemed like every time they got in the red zone, their go-to play was that fade to the corner, and they were real successful whether or not they completed the pass. Or Unfortunately, we had a couple of interference calls. We did, and that was, that was disappointing. And, you know, uh, we thought Darwin, uh, Darwin was in on both those, and we thought he played that as well as he could play it. And... Um, you know, not not trying to be critical of the officials, but we just we thought well, he he did what we asked him to do as coaches, and you know sometimes you do that and you still get a, a flag on you, and, and and I wouldn't change anything we do or how we coach him to play that because that's the way you've got to play it. If he doesn't play it that way, they're going to catch it. So we we've got to be aggressive in that situation, and we've got to um, challenge the receiver. And I thought he did, and he, and he uh, you know we just didn't get the uh, the call we wanted to get. But uh, it, it's a you know it's a matchup nightmare when you've got in the red zone when you've got a guy like Higgins who can run the ball, well, then you have to almost single up your outside guys. And, and with Rock out there, that's a, that's a nightmare matchup for anybody. And, uh, but I thought, like I said, I thought Darwin played them as well as he could play them. And uh, it just didn't, just didn't go our way on that, on that particular play. But, uh, um, you know, like I said, they, not only have they got really good players, they're also well coached. Um, and when they play well, and I thought they play, I thought, I thought we, maybe shocked them a little bit early with how hard we came out and played. But once they kind of got over that, they played really well. It wasn't like they played a bad football game, and uh, but we hung right in there with them. And, you know, with five minutes to go in the third quarter, it's 21-14, to 14, and it's anybody's ball game. We just didn't make enough plays there in the last quarter and a half to, to win it. Not to criticize officials or anything, but we were confused a whole lot Friday night about what was going on on the field when flags would fly. Yeah, there was, there was some – there was some – you know, odd calls too. Uh, you know, they, they just don't see every week. I don't mean bad calls. I mean just odd calls that you know. Right after the uh, third and four, we didn't convert. I, I, I alluded to earlier. We punted. And it was about 50 seconds to go in the quarter, third quarter, and there was a hold on our one of our cover guys on our sideline. Well, they threw it. Well, it happened during the kick. Well, then after the guy caught it and the guy ended up running back all the way for a touchdown, during the run back, there also was a block in the back. So there was just a lot of confusion on how to enforce that. And, 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 I, and it, I'm, again, not saying it was their fault. They were just trying to get it right, I think. And it took them a while. And at first, they almost gave us the ball back, which I didn't think was right because I knew we had kicked it already. If it had happened before the kick, it might have been our ball, but it happened uh, after the kick. But then they were also then trying to give them the ball kind of where the penalty occurred, and I'm like, well, that's not right. I mean, he caught it back down at the 20, so it's got to be that. And so they finally kind of sorted all that out, and they got it right. And it just it, it, uh, it just kind of added to the, uh, I guess, the emotion of the moment because no, no team knew what was going on. And uh, But once they finally did sort it all out, they, they got it right. But I think that was – that's what probably, you know, made it look confusing most of the night is they just had a couple of calls. But you just don't see that every week. You don't see a, a holding on a punt. And then you know, a guy run it back, and then you got to figure out, okay, wait a minute, now where did he catch that punt? And they figured that out. He caught it on the tent. So it was just a, it was kind of a mess. But uh, I think, like I said, they did they did get it all sorted out before it was over. 
Well, we were able to score two touchdowns. Uh, J.D. had one touchdown, and uh, Darrell had a touchdown. Yeah, and, and both of them were fourth and goal from the one, which, uh, you know, I'm proud of our players for that because against a team as talented as they are on defense, it was the right thing to do to go for. We felt like, you know, points were at a premium, obviously, and, and um, you know, we know when down there at the one, there's not, not a whole lot better chance to score a touchdown than to be on the one-yard line. And so we had to go for it, and uh, they knew we were going to run it, and we knew we were going to run it, and we had to just get in there and get it. And I don't think either one of them we got by more than maybe six inches, but we did cross the, the goal line. And so I was proud of our players for, for getting those two plays in and uh, uh, because obviously that, that could have uh, worked out a whole lot worse for us if they stopped us there on the goal line. But, uh, you know, I uh, thought Darrell did a good job of, of stepping in and uh, Hunter's absence is kind of our short yardage back, and we'd, we'd worked him all week and hoped he could be that effective, and he was, and uh, I think he'll get better as, he, as he, the more he gets some reps. And then, you know, J.D. continues to, to be a great leader for us on offense and, and make plays. And it was just, you know, we knew we had to throw it against two of the best corners we'll see all year. Um, and we, we tried many times, and, and, and those guys made a lot of plays because they're really good. We, we made a few plays on them, um, but we were just not able to complete enough passes uh, against them, and they had the luxury of being able to say, we'll take our two corners and, and put them on your best two receivers, and then we'll put everybody else worried about the run. And, and that's, a, that's a difficult situation for us to be in. And so we knew we had to try to take some chances with Sawyer and Cam, and, and, and we did. And we just, like I said, did not convert a lot of them um, and had a couple of things just didn't go our way. But uh, that's part of it. When you play somebody good on defense, you've got to – You've got to, you know, pick and choose your opportunities, and we we try to do that. But uh, you know, the you know, number two and number five made a lot of plays for them out there in the secondary. You know, like you said, when we first started out, the team was really just fired up and had the crowd fired up, and uh, we really competed with them. Like you said, right up until third quarter. Yeah, I thought the, the right when that punt happened, that kind of swung everything. We, you know, we. The third and four play, we, we tried to throw it to Sawyer. And, and again, going back to what I'm saying, that they had good coverage on him and we thought it was a good throw. And, and, and we thought maybe the guy was a little bit early, but it was kind of a bang-bang call and we didn't get the call. And, um, and so we had to punt. And I think after that, it all kind of swung. That they, they then got down, went down pretty quick and scored uh, and made a 35-14. And then we were able to, to drive the ball again and get back in field goal range. But um, And then, of course, had to block the field goal that kind of changed everything. And that, you know, that was, to me, uh, looking back, and you're talking about uh, we, we, to be 14-7 to half and be 21-14 there in the the third quarter. And on top of that, we, had, we felt like we had three opportunities we squandered in the first half to at least get an attempt at a field goal. And, and we, had, we had the ball inside there 43 times. And I know a lot of people would say, you know, well, what are you talking about? That's not, you're not in, in range to get points. But, but we are, with Alex, we are. If we're inside the 40, we're already thinking, you know, we got a chance to get points here. And uh, we had a third down. We, we unfortunately fumbled on. The guy just hit the, put, put, uh, put his helmet right on the football and it popped out and they got it. So that cost us an opportunity to, to possibly kick a field goal there. And then we had an unfortunate break on a, on a pass that we were trying to complete to Darwin over the middle on a third and five, and it deflected off one of their players, and they intercepted it. Uh, so that was just another bad break. And both those two things, if, if we don't even convert those third downs, we're at least going to run Alex out there and attempt a long field goal. And, and as we all know, he's capable of making those. And, uh, you know, if he does, if he, and then we also had a sack. We had a, weren't quite inside the 40 there, but I think we ran about the 42, 43, and called a screen pass. And, you know, at the time, thought it was a pretty good call, but, you know, give them credit, they played it really well. They saw it, they sat on it, and J.D. had nowhere to go with the ball and uh, unfortunately had to take a sack. And, uh, but those three possessions, we probably could have at least got, you know, three field goal attempts out of that. And then let's just say he makes two of the long ones. 
well now it's 14 13 at the half and now it's 21 20 there late in the, in the, in the third quarter so uh, that was you know I guess when you look back on on the game you say what could we have done differently if we could have taken advantage of those situations and at least got a field goal attempt out of them uh, then it's a different ball game and then later on we got the one blocked uh, obviously it's a little closer game then as well but uh, and that was the whole plan all week try to keep it as close as we can keep it to the fourth quarter and then see if we can somehow find a way to, to knock them off. And, and we did that, I think, right up until, you know, right, like I said, right there at the end of the third quarter is where it started to get away from us a little bit. And, and again, a lot of it's just giving them a lot of credit because they're just they're that good a football team. And, um, and uh, when we, like you said, came out and played them hard, uh, I thought they answered the challenge and, and came back and played well too. And that, that's, a, that's why they're, um, you know, as good as they are. Up in the booth, we also thought there was a flag going to come out on that play on uh, uh, Sawyer. We thought he was hit early also. Yeah, it was, it's bang-bang. And, you know, you look back at it on film, and it's like I've heard officials say this before. If you're, a, if you're a Fort Payne fan, you think it's interference. If you're an Oxford fan, you think it's a good defensive play. It's, it's that close of a call. And, you know, well, that's just that's part, of the, part of the game. It's part of athletics. You know, same thing in, in basketball, that, you know. You, you want to get every call, but but you're not. And the officials are trying to do the best job they can, and I think they are. And uh, that one just didn't go our way. And um, uh, like I said, we just didn't. I, that was my only, I guess, um, the disappointing thing to me is I thought we lost our composure a little bit in the fourth quarter. We we got frustrated with not getting some calls, and yeah, and, and it's disappointing. But at the same time, when you ask high school kids to play with that kind of emotion and play that hard. It's hard not to. It's hard for them not to get disappointed. And, and so when they got disappointed and realized that things weren't going their way, um, you know, we made a couple of mistakes. I don't think we necessarily acted bad, but we just made some uncharacteristic mistakes um, because we'd kind of lost our composure. And so that that was disappointing. But like I said after the game when we were talking to y'all, but that's that's a good lesson to be learned. And because you're going to be in a game just like that here in two weeks, and and you got to be able to maintain your 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 focus and concentration regardless of what's going on around you. And that the hope of that game showed us how important, uh, you know, every moment is. So with our loss to Oxford, Fort Payne will finish second to Oxford in our region play. The next week we'll travel up to North Jackson. We'll be back after this commercial and talk about this week's game. Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show with your host, Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. We are a community, and we are there for you. Local care when you need it. 
For more information and specialties, visit DeKalbRegional.com. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969. They are located in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. They offer fast, friendly, and easy service along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. They also offer debit and credit cards. They understand that banking can be stressful and want to give you the help that you need, just like family. They're honored to be members of our community and wish all teams a good and safe season. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. The Times-Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times-Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. Owner Patrick Graham and publisher Trisha Dunn wish Fort Payne and DeKalb County teams a wonderful season. As the weather gets colder, Fort Payne Footworks and Outdoors has you covered. We offer a wide selection of top name brands for the winter season, such as Patagonia, On, Barber, and many more. Shop for family or maybe a little gift for yourself. We have something for her, him, and the kids. This winter season, shop Fort Payne Footworks and Outdoors. Shop local. Open seven days a week, located on Fort Payne Main Street. Hey friends, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City Used Cars in Fort Payne, Alabama. I uh, just want to tell everybody what a great inventory we have down here. We're looking forward to people coming down here and shopping with us. I've got any make or model you can think of. I've got Cadillac, I've got Mini Coopers, I've got Toyotas, I've got Nissans. I've just got a bunch of vehicles down here. Listen, if you need financing, i got great financing up to 84 months through some of our banks. We've got great interest rates going right now. And I just want to invite everybody down here to come see us at Twin City. We're located at 1015 Golf Avenue South in beautiful downtown Fort Payne, Alabama. You can shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com or just give us a call. 256-844-2210. Looking forward to seeing you guys down here. Thank you for watching the Twin City Auto Wildcat Pre-Game Show with hosts Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Go Wildcats! Welcome back to the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show. And this week, the Wildcats will travel up to what used to be a more familiar foe in North Jackson. They used to be a staple on our schedule uh, back when you were playing. Your dad yep. was the coach. But it's been since, what, 2006 since we played them last. I think that's right. I haven't gone back and looked at the, the historical stuff to see, but it has been a while. And um, might have maybe might have maybe played them in 13, I thought, I saw. But, I, but it was like a short two-year deal. But... 
Uh, but yeah, back in you know the '90s, that was a game we kind of that was a, the open the season game. We we played them a lot of times on a Thursday night to open the season and uh, uh, had some really good games with them and uh, became a became a pretty pretty heated rivalry over the over the years and. Uh, uh, and we were talking about it earlier before we came on. There's, there's been some some games up at their place that were not very pleasant memories for Fort Payne fans. And so, uh, it, but it, they they called back the last off season and talked about wanting to get that game back on the schedule. And, and so we we decided it'd be good for uh, us. And again, we we always have a hard time filling our non-region schedule. So it's it's nice to have somebody you know fairly close where we don't have to travel to Birmingham or you know, over to the you know Northwest Alabama or Georgia or somewhere like that to play. So. Uh, uh, you know they are a 4A team now, but but still uh, still have really good players, and uh, so it'll be good to, uh, to kind of renew that uh, that uh, rivalry we had back in back in the 90s. Coach, since it has been a while since we've really played them, tell us a little bit about their offense and uh, the style of play we'll see Friday. Well, if you make your way over there, you're going to see an exciting game, I think, because they, uh, they they've got a coach that's his second year in, and he his philosophy is uh, he was at Madison Academy before this, and he, I've heard him talk before at some clinics, and his philosophy basically is he's going to he's going to uh, roll the dice and take as many chances as he can offensively. So they're going they, they've run about every trick play you can imagine this year, and they've been so successful on a lot of them, whether it be reverses or double passes or reverse and a pass or whatever it may be. Uh, uh, they, they do a lot of different things on offense. And um, so about once or twice a quarter, there'd be some kind of, you know, unique or exotic play or crazy formation or something that uh, uh, you hadn't seen before. So he, he keeps people on their toes for sure. And then the other thing they do that uh, I don't know if they did last year, but they're doing this year basically all the time. And I told our kids this. I think they thought I was making it up, but they but they onside kick basically every time they kick off. And uh, there's been a two or three times maybe in the games we've got on them that they haven't kicked it onside, and that and that's been a unique situation. Like a minute to go in the game, and they just said we'll kick it down there and, and try to pin them down there. But most of the time, whether they're behind, tied, ahead, they just go ahead and onside kick and. Um, They've gotten quite a few. I think they got four against Randolph a few weeks ago, and uh, uh, have gotten. You know, there's been multiple games where they've gotten more than one, and uh, so uh, obviously the the best defense against that is not letting them score. Um, and then the second best thing is we're going to, have to be you know prepared for that, and, and we've worked on it all week of getting the right people on that team and and just making sure they understand is that your number one job is to get the football and. Uh, uh, we're not worried about trying to get a return. We just want to get the football so we can uh, we can begin on offense. So uh, if you do come watch them, they, they, they keep everybody's uh, attention, I think, and uh, it'll be a game we'll have to be, uh, you know, very sound on defense and very sound on the special teams because, you know, same thing. I hadn't seen them fake a punt yet, but I'm sure that's something they could do at any moment too. So uh, we'll have to be very prepared uh, in everything we do. We've had our own success with onside kicks. You thought about going up and shocking yeah, them? With yeah, the well, I told Alex, I said, maybe we just need to just join the party and just uh, <laughs> do the same thing. So Alex would love to do that. But uh, we, we, of course, enjoyed watching him booming in the back of the end zone and having them start on the 22. But uh, uh, but he, you know, we tried. I don't know if anybody noticed it, but we, we, we tried one last week that probably wasn't noticed. Uh, we call it the shotgun onside kick, and his he's trying to hit – what I would call a, a howitzer. He's trying to hit a bullet at the front line guy and try to hit him. And then we get to ricochet. Well, he did it against Oxford after we had gotten the penalty. We were kicking off from the 25. So I thought this is a good time to try it because if he misses the guy, it turns into a squib kick anyway. Um, well, he hit a 
bullet right at that guy, and that guy barely moved, and it, it did glance off the top of his helmet, just, and it didn't change the whole lot, but he was about this far from, from hitting him square, and then, you know, at that point, you never know where the ball goes, and you may get on it, so uh, it's, it's, again, like we've said all year, it's nice to have him when he can do so many different things with the ball, and um, uh, we continue to, to look at stuff each week, but yeah, he... Uh, he, he didn't believe me either when I told him, and he went, about, went and watched film. He's like, Ali, you're right, he does it every time. So uh, uh, it's, been, it's been also nice to have him this week for practice because um, he can show – he does a good job of simulating that to our players. I mean, he's able to hit a bunch of different onside kicks and different bounces and things like that. And so hopefully that will give us a little bit of an advantage over other people uh, because we've been able to practice all week about fielding those kicks. Well, offensively, what is what are they a heavy on the run pass? You know, they've gone back and forth. They they lost their running back um, a few weeks ago, and I don't think he'll be back for this game. I want to say they think he'll be back here for the playoffs. So they they went from a uh, a team that was pretty balanced throwing and passing, and now they've that they, they rely on the run a little bit more. But at the same time, um, like I say, with all the trick plays and all the different stuff they do. Uh, they, they've got a pretty good receiver and uh, Nigel in there that's that's hard to cover, and they do a good job of trying to get him the football. So, um, you know, the key for them, just like it was last week, would be getting some pressure on the quarterback. If we can get some pressure on the quarterback and allow him and not allow him to sit back here and throw it uh, to number seven, uh, it'll be a better night for us defensively. But uh, if he's able to stand back here and throw it, then then we're going to have a hard time covering uh, some of their guys in space. So. Um, like I said, they pretty balanced. But the biggest thing I think they do that, that, that catches my eye, may catch the, the fans' eye too, is just a lot of different formations. They they never really line up in the same thing more than two or three times, and so they try to confuse you with getting in different formations and, and, and getting you to get out of position. And we're going to have to be you know prepared for all that and, and prepared for you know we'll have to make adjustments to something new because they, they they pretty much show something new every week, and we'll have to be ready for that as well. Well. Uh this will be our second game after losing Hunter, and uh, you think maybe that'll give us a little bit of advantage having an extra week to get the team practicing without Hunter? I hope so. I mean, the, the, the guys have gotten better each day, I think, and you know, I thought Alex Akins did really well last week, and then, of course, the, the, the other thing is that uh, you know you're going in the playoffs, and you want to you want to keep everybody you know rested and healthy as much as you can, but we're almost in a little bit different situation in that we need to get Alex and Daryl and Darwin and some of these other guys that are having to play more both ways, uh, we're needing to get them more reps so they get used to playing both ways. And see, uh, Alex and Darwin both cramped a little bit the other night, and not because they're not in shape and not because the, they weren't you know, prepared for the game. They played more snaps than they've played all year. And so you know, this will be a little bit of a unique week for us in that you would like to uh, not maybe play your starters as much as you as you can, but it, but at the same time we kind of need to because we need those guys to uh, we need Daryl to get more carries, we need Akins to get more carries just so they get the game reps and uh, and, and be able to because you know doing it in practice is one thing, but to be able to do it in a game is another thing, and so I think it'll be important for us to uh, continue to, to to get those guys some looks, and then you know and Caden Dubo same thing. I mean, even though he didn't play any defense, the more opportunities he gets, the better he's going to play, and and he's still. You know, just being a ninth grader, he's still trying to adjust to going from a JV game on Monday night to now he's playing varsity football. And so, the, uh, the, you know, I'm glad, you know, some people take a bye the week of the week before the playoffs. Uh, I'm glad we're playing a game because we need a game. We need a game to go out there and play, and uh, hopefully we can come out of it with no injuries. But we need uh, uh, more game situations to be able, like you said, uh, get these guys more prepared, you know, in Hunter's absence. 
It seemed the longer the game went along, the more Darwin became kind of an emotional leader out on the field. Yeah, he, he did. And I thought, you know, we had several guys step up emotionally, and he was one of them. And, of course, J.D. always is. And, um, you know, uh, Darwin is, is a guy that we'll have to use in a variety of different ways, you know, not only on defense but also uh, in the backfield. But also, you know, he's, he's a good receiver for us, too, at times. So uh, uh, we'll continue to try to find different ways to utilize him on the field, too. Well, we know now who we're going to be playing in the first round of the uh, playoffs. Of course, we'll cover that again next week. But it looks like it's going to be our old friends from Gardendale. Yeah, it's starting to become a, a regularity with them. But we uh, we knew, uh, you know, when the season started, they, they, they released the playoff brackets. And we knew it would be somebody from that uh, Pinson Valley, Clay Chalkville, Gardendale region. And, uh, and obviously, when you see that as a coach, the first thing I think is, well, it really doesn't matter which seed we finish, we're going to play somebody good. I mean, because when you, when you cross up with their region, uh, those three, and then you add minor uh, in there as well, and uh, you know you're going to get four quality teams uh, coming out of that region, and that's what happened. Pinson uh, Valley won the region, Clay Chauvel was second, Gardendale was third, and minor finished fourth. And so uh, all four of those teams are, are very talented and, uh, and, and very well coached. And, and uh, we, get, uh, we get Gardendale, and we, of course, you know, played them two years ago at home in the playoffs. And, uh, the quarterback, who's a senior now, was a 10th was grader at that time and had a really good night that night against us, and he's obviously a lot better. And so, um, but that, it'll be, you know, and I said a while ago, I think everybody thinks maybe when you, when you get a home playoff game or you get in the playoffs, everybody's kind of hoping you get somebody easy the first round. The reality is that there's not really any easy games in the playoffs. Everybody that makes it's pretty good. And, and, you know, last year we saw that. We were the one seed, and Hartsville was the four, and they were like four and six. But, I mean, they were a solid football team. They were well coached and played hard, and we had to we had to score with less than two minutes to go in the game to win the game. So, you know, once you get in the playoffs, it's it's um, it's going to be tough no matter who you got. And and uh, we just you know we've got another tough opponent with with Gardendale coming up here soon. Well, if you're unable to travel with us up to North Jackson this Friday, you can watch the game and listen on all the Fort Payne TV outlets. So for Coach Elmore, Roger Ingles saying, "Go Cats." Thank you for watching the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show with hosts Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Go Wildcats!